I've so enjoyed reading the Gospels with our church groups over the past month. It has been so fun to read about Jesus and the way he lived his life. And I fall more and more in love with him when I read about the way he lived. Um, And it records him healing all who came to him and it records him raising the dead and it, it records him casting out demons with a word. It records him doing creative miracles. And at the end of John, it actually said, if everything that Jesus did was written down, there wouldn't be enough books in the whole world to contain everything. What the heck? Just let that sit for a minute. How amazing is he? But even more than that, the thing that jumps out at me this time when I read through the Gospels was many times Jesus had had a huge day and he had been thronged by multitudes. Multitudes are not just 10 or 20 or 100. We're talking thousands of people. They're following him. They are pulling everything they can out of him. He's teaching them. He's healing them. He's giving everything he has away. And it gets to the end of the day and it says, and he had compassion on them. I want to live like that. I want to be giving everything that I have and still be able to have compassion and the fruit of the Spirit flowing through my life. (laughs) He's so lovely. He's so lovely. Mm. All right. Um, All right, let's get into this. I feel like there's an invitation for the church as a whole and our community to get a wriggle on and to grow up. There's an invitation to mature. I met with Tully this week. I love Tully. She's like, oh my gosh, what's she going to say? And I'm constantly asking all of our leaders, um, what where do you see our community is at? What, what are you seeing? Because I know that I can't see everything. I'm just one part of the body. Um, and we're all called to see the body and see each other and see what's going on. So I really value people like Tully because she carries the heart of God and she carries this community in her heart. She hears from God. So I asked her, what are you, what are you seeing Um, And she said, she made the comment, I feel like the shine and the excitement has worn off. If you were here a few years ago, if you were here from the beginning, there was like, God is doing something. This is exciting. Oh, my gosh. We've got the gospel. This is amazing. We've got this revelation of righteousness. We're going to change the world. Who remembers that feeling? 
There's a few. <coughs> um, and if you've been around for any length of time, you might start to feel discouraged. You might be feeling disheartened. Why aren't we seeing multitudes saved yet? You might feel weary. You might feel like it's too hard or what's the point? I just want to speak into that. I want to stir you up. I want to remind you who you are and who he is and his plans for us as a church. Um, I wasn't meant to preach today, but beautiful Tom is sick. So I asked the Lord this morning, just before lunch, God, what do you want to say to our community? What do you want to say? And I felt his fire and his passion as he said this, the gospel doesn't grow old. It doesn't lose its shine. It doesn't become obsolete. And I felt the Father say, take heart. Remember the gospel. And I just feel to encourage you that it's lucky that we don't walk by feelings. It's time to walk by faith, church. Okay, so let's jump into the word. Sorry, I don't have a fancy illustration for you this week. But we have the word of God. So I hope you bought your Bibles. Open them up to 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 3. We're just going to dive into this a little bit. Are we there? All right. 2 Peter 1, verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Let's just stop there. (laughs) Don't skip over these amazing promises in the word of God. His divine power has granted to us All things that pertain to life and godliness. How many things? All things that pertain to life and godliness. Point number one. You have all things that pertain to life and godliness. Turn and tell someone that. Because that's a pretty big, hectic statement. You have all things that pertain to life and godliness. Don't ever partner with the thought or the feeling that you can't do it or you're not enough or it's too hard because the word's telling you that you have all things that pertain to life and godliness. The Passion Translation says it like this, everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. I like that. Boom. When you receive Jesus as Lord, when you turn to him and give him your life, there's an amazing transaction that takes place. 
He takes your heart of stone and he gives you a heart of flesh, a heart to know him. And he takes your sinful nature and he gives you a brand new, his righteous nature. There's Gospel 101 scriptures and you need to write them down. You need to remember them and you need to preach them to yourself. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. So now I have God's righteous nature and my default setting is no longer sin. My default setting is for godliness and holiness. How amazing is that? It's very amazing. Don't lose the wonder of the gospel. Your default setting now is for holiness. Praise God. Testimony. I have an eight-year-old son. He has not been warm to the gospel. He tells me he knows it all and he doesn't want Jesus. But this mummy is a praying mummy and I have a praying community around me and my boy has been hard work and he's had a hard heart of stone. But God is faithful. <laughs> and one day, it was probably a month ago maybe, a month ago now, we were out at Glory Kids, and I was preaching the gospel, and we got home, and my son was like in tears of repentance. You don't know, I can't even explain to you how big that is. It's massive. It's God. God working in his heart. Tears of repentance, mum, I want to follow Jesus. I don't want to be separated from him. And he's bawling. He's repentant. And he sits on his bed and I say, babe, I can, I can let me lead you in a prayer. <laughs> this is exciting. And so he gives his heart to Jesus. And he's like, I don't want to live for me now. I want to live for you, God. I want to give you my life. He gets it. He, he needs to die. <laughs> He's heard it. Preached and preached and preached. <laughs> and then fast forward to last night. We had been out nearly all day. We'd had cricket. We'd had a birthday party. We'd had a post-season cricket celebration. Um, and then we had um, a farewell on the beach for Amy, for our beautiful Amy. And... <clears throat> We got in the car about 7.30 and I had some very tired children who had had an altercation on the beach, which ended in someone face-planting the sand um, and there were some very unkind words exchanged. And everyone was tired at the end of the day. Um, but my beautiful born-again Micah after I had sent him to have a shower to calm down and he was on his bed and when I went to talk to him, he was crying 
And he wasn't crying because of what had happened, but he was crying because he was like, I've done the wrong thing and I don't want to do the wrong thing, but I did the wrong thing. And he's weeping because his nature is incompatible with sin anymore. So it feels yuck when he partners with sin. How awesome is that? That's the gospel at work. That's why you feel gross when you partner with sin. It's why it doesn't sit right. If something's not sitting right with you, it's time to deal with it. And just be like, ew, I don't know why I keep doing that. It's not a condemnation thing. It's like, let's deal with it. Let's say sorry. And he was able to just say, I'm sorry, God, and I don't want to do that. How good is the gospel? Do you feel encouraged already? We haven't even got into this. That's just a little beginning. The next point. Point one. What was point one? You have all things pertaining to life and godliness. Praise God. Okay, verse three, reading from verse three. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. We have all things that pertain to life and godliness through him. Through Jesus, it's through him. Point number two, you need to know God. (laughs) This is not a complicated message. You need to know him. And not just know about him, but know him intimately. Micah knew all about him, but he didn't know him. (laughs) It's really easy to know about God. It's really easy to regurgitate scripture. It's really easy to listen to podcasts and talk about it. Hmm. We need to know him. Because it's only in intimacy with God, it's only through that place that you will receive the grace and the power that you need in your life to rule and reign. It's only in that place. It's only when you know him and his heart can you live a godly life that actually looks like him. It's only when you stare into his face and receive his forgiveness and his love for you can you do that for others. It's impossible to do just by knowing about him. And I want you to hear me when I say this. Knowing about God is not maturity. Knowing about God is not maturity. Knowing revelation is not maturity. Because you can regurgitate the revelation of righteousness. That doesn't make you mature. Anyone can talk the talk. Maturity is being able to walk the walk. Maturity is looking like him. That's not to condemn you, but it's to provoke you. It's time to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. It's time to do what the Father is doing and say what the Father is saying. And I can only do that if I know him, if I know his heart, if I'm walking with him. 
Hmm. Another quick example, and some of you may have heard me share this before, um, but in discipling the kids in Glory Kids, we taught them all about the gospel, unpack the gospel from start to finish. This is righteousness. This is everything you need to know. And we're like, yes. People got born again. Kids got born again. People knew that their old sinful nature is dying um, and that they're making a choice to make Jesus their Lord and they're going to follow him. And that was awesome. But I wasn't seeing the fruit of righteousness in people's lives It wasn't looking like something in the way they were interacting and playing and the words they were using. And I was like, it it got to like October or September in the year. And I was like, Father, you got to talk to me here because I have preached the gospel. We've laid it out for them. And they have accepted you and they know what it means. So what's missing? And his answer, Naomi, they just don't know me yet. They just don't know me yet. Hmm. Isn't that scary? We can even, like, be Christians and not know him. Hmm. And so what did we do? We taught them to know him. We taught them to hear his voice. We taught them to encounter the Lord, receive his love. Hmm. And my eldest boy, he had made a decision to follow him and meant it. He's a good boy. He always has been. (laughs) But his heart was a bit hard. And then one day, we had an encounter time and he met Jesus powerfully. And he picked himself up off that floor and he was completely different. His heart was so soft and it's been so soft ever since because he met with Jesus. He heard his voice. (laughs) Far out. But Naomi, I work full time and I've got kids and my life's so busy and I can't spend days at a time locked away in a room listening to Jesus. (laughs) I hear you. Maybe you just need to adjust what it looks like to know him. Hmm. Don't compartmentalise God. Don't put him in a box. Hmm. We can definitely go into our room, close the door, pray, journal, hear from him. Absolutely, that's so important. But man, learn to walk with him. He's in you. God's in you. Don't separate him from the rest of your life. He's in me when I wake up. (laughs) He's with me in the shower. He's with me when I'm driving my car. In fact, he loves to father me while I drive my car. He loves to speak to my heart and do stuff. I feel like I've had open heart surgery sometimes after I've got out of my car just driving from A to B. He's with you while you do the dishes. He's with you while you're, I don't know, whatever you do, he's there. Hmm. Learn to talk to him. Learn to acknowledge him. 
Learn to ask him questions. <laughs> he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Jake is one spirit with the Lord. That's why he can see these people on his work site and have compassion. He can see them through the eyes of God because he's one spirit with God. He's carrying his heart. Jake spends time with the Lord every day at his workplace. Praise God. Hallelujah. So learn to walk with him. Hmm. Feel him. Feel his heart. Hear him. He speaks through people. He speaks through nature. (laughs) He speaks through the word. He speaks through dreams and visions. Learn to hear the Lord. For Jesus, being intimate with God didn't look like shutting himself off from the world for hours and hours and hours on end. (sighs) He had learnt to abide with the Father. He did also model withdrawing. That's important. But far out, he didn't live an unfruitful life because he was locked away in a bedroom. Both is important. All right, back to our text. 2 Peter 1. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us precious and very great promises so that through him you may become partakers of the divine nature. Far out. I didn't even make that a point. Point 2A. (laughs) There's promises, and through them you get to become partakers of God's divine nature. Boom. Just sit on that for a month. You could be in this scripture for a month. And keep gleaning from it. Don't be in a hurry to move on. (sighs) Far out. Uh, We've become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Praise God, we've escaped that. Because our nature now is for godliness and holiness. It's not for sin. Praise God. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Make every effort. Interesting. I love that. Point three, make every effort. I want to encourage you today, the path of spiritual growth is not a passive one. (sighs) Yes, there's a transaction at the moment of conversion, absolutely. It takes your heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. He takes your sinful nature and he gives you a brand new nature. There's absolutely that transaction. 
but then there's action on our behalf to follow him. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. It's not always comfortable to follow him. We're disciples of Jesus. We're called to follow him. We're not just decision makers. I don't want to be a Christian that just put my hand up at a meeting and said, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. That's important. But man, we need to become disciples. We need to follow him. And the word is telling us to make every effort, not some effort. Every effort. In other words, do something. Take action. The gospel is not opposed to taking action. Following Jesus looks like something. So what does that look like? For this scripture, man, it looks like camping in this scripture and learning what each of these things are. Father, what is virtue? What is knowledge? What is self-control? Because you've asked me to make every effort to add these things to my life. So what are these things? I would be getting out my olive tree app. Who has olive tree? Praise God, everyone should have olive tree on their phone. I want to encourage you. I'm not paid to say this, but (laughs) I want to encourage you to get olive tree on your phone. Because then you can click on any word and have the original Greek word with the original meaning. And it can help you grow and learn and step into some of these things. So what is virtue? Virtual, moral goodness, purity. And then I would be praying with God, saying, God, and it's probably while I'm doing the dishes... There's nine people that live in my house. It's pretty busy all the time. There's not a lot of time to withdraw and be by myself. There's always a person in every single room, usually except for the toilet. That's usually where I withdraw to. (laughs) Ah, So God, I want to cultivate virtue in my life. Show me how to do that. What's it look like? Is there any area of my life where I'm lacking virtue, where I'm lacking moral goodness and purity? And I let him talk to me and I let him show me what it looks like. I would encourage you this week to do that for all of those things. Don't be passive. Don't wait for a lightning bolt. Don't just sit there being unsafe now. Now I'm just going to sit here and wait for God to transform me. No, man, hunt it down. Be transformed. Give yourself to the gospel. It works. Verse 8. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, 
you will never fall. Whoa. If you're lacking these qualities, the Bible is just saying you've forgotten who you are. You've actually just forgotten the gospel. It's not not a condemning thing. You haven't lost your salvation, but far out. Remember the gospel. Remember what you've been saved from. Point four, remember the gospel. (laughs) Remember what he saved you from. Who remembers getting set free? Who remembers the first time meeting Jesus, feeling his love? Who remembers the feeling of having all of your sins washed away from far as east is from west? Who remembers the first time you encounter like the face of Jesus? Who remembers that? Yeah, come on. We need to remember that. Man, I remember far out. I remember, man, the revelation of the gospel, boom. And I was like, whoa, I get it now. And I am jumping around my bedroom out of sheer delight and joy and thankfulness. And at the same time, I'm weeping because I'm like far out. This is, this is too good to be true. I actually understand the gospel now. And then I feel his love and then I'm on my floor and I'm weeping and weeping because I'm like, I'm 33 years old and I've just learnt the gospel. What the heck? Come on, the gospel. Don't forget how good it is. 1 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. If anyone is in Christ, that should be one that you meditate on often as well. (laughs) The word new there is kainos in the Greek. And it means brand new, never seen before of a different kind. Wow. That's what he does. He makes you brand new, never seen before, of a different kind. You're not the same anymore. Why? Because the world has never seen the Spirit of God and Naomi join together as one spirit. And the world will never, ever see that again. The world has never seen Jay and the Spirit of God being joined as one spirit. It's a brand new creation. It's glorious. Let's remember the gospel. You're joined to the Lord. He's made you brand new. The old has passed away. The old has passed away. Someone needs to hear that today. The old has passed away your old thinking, your old mindsets, your old way of living, it's passed away. And behold, all things are made new. All things. Now I have a new way of living, a new way of walking, a new way of being, a new way of thinking, a new way of seeing. 
because I've got God in me now. Hmm. The gospel. Colossians 1.13. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Man, do you remember what it was like to be in darkness? Ugh, yuck. We don't have to be there anymore. It's so gross. Far out. Get excited. (laughs) Ugh. Ephesians 5.8, for one time you were darkness and now you're light. So walk as children of the light. Gospel. Do you feel it getting excited in here? Do you feel Holy Spirit? Man, when I meditate on these verses, I feel like the spirit of the living God is doing little cartwheels inside my chest. It feels like fireworks going off. The gospel doesn't get old. Don't get familiar with it. (sighs) Far out. Colossians 3, verse 1 to 17. No, just Colossians 3, 1. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Point five, you have a choice. Choose to seek the things above. I have a choice in how I spend my time. So do you. I have a choice about what I allow to dominate my mind. So do you. What are you choosing? Don't be choosing hours and hours a week of Facebook and Netflix and whatever else you want to fill up your life with. And then complain that you feel discouraged and far from God and not, I'm not seeing clearly. Men, you get a choice of what you feed on. You get a choice of what you put in this mind and in your spirit. Don't say I've tried Christianity and it didn't work. Don't say I've tried to live free from sin and it didn't work. No, you didn't. I'll tell you, no, you didn't. You made a decision and then maybe you got lazy or distracted. Hmm. Oh. (laughs) The gospel works. I'm living testimony that the gospel works. And if you give yourself to the gospel, you will be free. His blood sets you free. He doesn't leave you in mess. His blood sets you free of everything that you're struggling with. 
His blood sets you free from every sin. His blood sets you free from every sinful desire that you might ever have. Far out, we get to choose what we feed ourselves with. It's time to work out our salvation, man. You get a choice. Discipline is not a dirty word. It's not a dirty word. Salvation is free and it's glorious. And then we get to like walk it out. (laughs) I want to know him. I want to take hold of everything that he's paid for. I don't want to do a half job of representing Jesus. I want to do a, I want to like make his name famous. I want to have, I want him to live in me and just have his way in my life and just like, boom, do whatever he wants to do. So I'm going to make choices to grow and mature and learn. I'm going to make sacrifices. Man, after that first encounter in my bedroom with the Lord, guess what I did for the next two years? I wasn't watching Netflix, that's for sure. (sighs) Man, I was in my Bible. And I was like chasing down everyone like a mad woman who knew anything about this righteousness and living free. And I was feeding myself with people that were preaching the gospel. And I was communing with the Father and being like, God, I don't have this all worked out yet, but teach me. Teach me. I want to learn. What you feed on, you'll hunger for. If you're feeding yourself with stuff, that's what you'll want. (laughs) So I want to encourage you today. Make powerful choices. Don't whinge about not being free and be spending your life filling yourself with stuff that doesn't encourage you to walk towards freedom. All right, Ephesians 1, last little thought. Just checking our time, great. All right, I couldn't just pick out the bit that I wanted, so I have to read a bit. Ephesians 1, 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints... I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glory inheritance in the saints, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, 
according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Whoa, just camp there for a month or two. Point six, ask God for stuff. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is a good start. Ask him, ask him for stuff. You have not because you don't ask. So ask. Pray bold prayers. God, I need wisdom. I think I pray that daily, a hundred times a day. Give me wisdom, Father. You can ask for stuff. Point seven, you have an inheritance. Holy moly. We have an inheritance. Man, there's no time to unpack that. So I want you to go and ask the father, Father, what's my inheritance as your son? What's my inheritance as your daughter? Because, man, once we get people that are fired up about their inheritance and then we join together with all the saints and they're fired up about their inheritance, there's going to be fire and glory. Point eight. There is immeasurable power available to you through Jesus. There's immeasurable power available to you through Jesus. That's why Peter could confidently say, you have all things pertaining to life and godliness. Point nine, Jesus is king above everything. So stop focusing on what the enemy is doing and start focusing on what Jesus has done and who he is. Man, we spend so much time worrying about what's going on, what's the enemy doing, this is happening, this is happening. Man, I'm going to look at Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of my faith and I'm going to follow him because the word says... He raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but the one to come. So I'm going to stop worrying about what the devil's doing and I'm going to start following Jesus. Come on. We're on the winning team. Stir yourselves up. It's good news. We're on the winning team. Yeah, go Sarah. Stir us up. Come on. Point 10. The church has received the authority and the power of Jesus and is the fullness of Jesus. What the heck? And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Guess what's under our feet? 
all things, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Oh. The church is the answer. And I know it doesn't feel like it sometimes, but I just feel like we need to get back in the word and remind ourselves of who we really are. We need to stir each other up and encourage each other. Let's not forget that we have what the world needs. We have Jesus. We have the gospel. We have joy. We have peace far out. As a group of people, we exist to know God and advance his kingdom. That's not going to change. That's what we're, this community, we're about knowing God and advancing his kingdom. Can I encourage you this week to get excited about the gospel? Because it's exciting and it's good news. And man, if you just pour over that scripture, like that's, that's nothing. <laughs> There's so much more. Stir yourself up. Be encouraged. Get into your Bible. Remember what he's done in your life. Encourage your soul. Know him. Pursue him with everything you've got. Galatians 6.9. I'll finish. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So the father's saying, don't give up. Don't give up. My gosh. You will reap. You will reap. This community is destined to, to have a massive impact on this city for the kingdom. We're going to see souls saved. We're going to see the multitude saved. We're going to see culture transformed by the kingdom. We're going to see it. So let's be encouraged. Let's get stirred up. Let's remind ourselves. Can I pray for you? Yes. Father, I thank you for our beautiful church community. I thank you for every single person here today. And I pray that you would bless them, Father. Oh, Father, give them 